comes meet the sea in a clapboard shack by a broken down tree. There's a light in the window, just salty gals inside. I'm not sure if they're witches, but you know that's implied. Got the storytelling, ego swelling, pillow talking, moonlight walking, sea hags. Welcome to the Sea Hags podcast. My name is Krzyzewa. And my name is Katie Norgren. And with us today is a guest, a great friend of mine from the uh, smoking crater of inequity that is the United States of America right now. uh, My darling friend, Nikki. Hello. Who we will not be providing any, you know, (laughs) identifiable information about because God knows what's going to happen in the next little while. Yeah, Yeah. it is kind of worrisome to be on the record as thinking thoughts, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Entering week two of Trump's America. Who knows? Trump's... Who knows what's going to happen? It's better safe than sorry. It's a little freaky deaky guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We used to, yeah. like, very much with impunity, just ha ha ha, who cares, whatever. And now we're like, nah, we might, we might end up in a gulag. Well, yeah, I remember when everyone thought his candidacy was a total joke and there was no way he'd even get the nomination. And look at us now. But <laughs> look at us now. Here we are. Here we yeah. are. And, okay, so, like, I work in government, mm-hmm. in local government, and. A big thing is, like, you know, legislative change takes a lot of time. You really have to, like, go through this and, like, go through that. And the processes are there to checks and balances, blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, in the United States, legislative change is happening at a breakneck speed just with executive order after executive order. And, like, shit's getting done. Laws are getting passed. Like, all kinds of crazy. And I'm like, oh, change can happen swiftly, but not like this. Not like not this. Not like this. Never yeah. like this. Yeah. I know a lot of people, including myself, are pretty frustrated by, like, how slow the pace was for, like, example, Obama to get things done. I mean, yeah, it took him almost like, eight I guess, years. I guess that's yeah. just how government works now, because everyone was, like, roadblocking, and it's like... As soon as you take those roadblocks away and everyone's just on your side. It's more like when you decide to stop giving a shit about the roadblocks completely is more what it looks like. Yeah, it's like, oh, these social contra- constructs are apparently just social constructs and you can just do whatever you, you want. just do whatever you want. So scary. Much. So this is like mm-hmm. a bit of a blah episode. Uh, maybe we'll turn it around towards the end. There will be we'll some see. fun stuff in there, too. We were originally just going to talk about weed the we whole time. We can still talk time. about that. I, th- I think weed is very political, really. True. Like... Yeah, we got we got ourselves a couple of bona fide weed nerds here up in this house. <laughs> weed spurts. <laughs> a little. I'm I'm not a weed person, and so I'm excited to, to like teach me your ways. <laughs> teach me about terps and the Kush and all that stuff. That good Kush. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Terps. It's all That's about the terps. Uh, all about them terps. Them terpenes. I don't know what any of this means. Well, I'm excited we'll to learn. learn. We'll, I have an we'll, open mind. We'll have word vomit and we'll learn, and yeah. it's gonna all be okay. Mm-hmm. And we'll drink our wine and we'll be all right. Yes. yes. Maybe. Well, for this episode, we'll be fine. Yeah. The duration. We're safe in here, guys. (laughs) In our little... We're going to turn the sea shanty shack into the sea eggs bunker. (laughs) (laughs) That's a great idea. Basically. Basically. We were thinking... Be a little resistant splinter cell. Yeah. Oh, God. You can come stay with us, listeners. Yes. All 12 of you. Yeah. Now that they would fit. Start our own underground railroad. We got lots of blankets. (laughs) Lots of cuddly things. I could roast you up some sweet, sweet cauliflower. Oh, that was so great. Nikki and I rolled up today, and Chris just had just bowls of roasty cauliflower. So good. Well, uh, I had one of my favorite things happen this week was <laughs> I discovered there is a new season of Top Chef that's just been happening without my Ooh, knowledge. Uh, I used to be really into Top Chef. I've mm-hmm. been in touch with that for a few yeah. years now. So there was like a whole, like basically half a season already that I just like binged for the whole week. Nice. And yeah. it just makes me want to cook and what eat all the time. What city is it set in now? Charlotte, North Carolina. Oh, South cool. Carolina? 
I think it's North Carolina. Yeah. One of the Carolinas. And it's, like, seafood and, like, biscuits and gravy and, like, all kinds of delicious business, so... I know how you feel about delicious business. Yeah, I've been making a lot of good, like, vegetarian-style comfort food, and that was one of their challenges, was, like, turn, like, a, you know, normal comfort food thing into, like, a vegetarian option, and some of these people did not bring it. They do not know how to use vegetables. They're so reliant on meat. You could make biscuits and miso gravy and stuff Mm, like that. Like, that would be so delicious. Like, so many different things. Someone made, like, an onion mushroom gravy. I'm like, totally great. I would totally do that. But someone made spaghetti and meatballs... With, you know that, like, noodles are vegetarian. He used, like, the spaghetti, like, the zoodles, the yep. zucchini and the spiralizer. So it's yeah. like, you didn't have to make it, like, raw vegan. Yeah. So you could have still had spaghetti and made, like, meatballs out of, like, delicious, like, lentils and something. mushrooms and yeah. walnuts. Like, yeah. right? Super good. But he took a melon baller to the same zucchinis that he was spiralizing oh, and just no. made, like, wet, like, zucchini rounds. Ew! No. Like slimy, disgusting. You can't get any seasoning in there. I was really disgusting. pissed. I was That's like, a bad choice. like righteous indignation. Oh my god! <laughs> you can have such good vegetarian food. We were thinking we might actually go to meet down in Gastown after <gasps> we were done mm-hmm. here. Yes. Because uh, what? But we were talking about getting cauliflower, but now we've been cauliflowered to the gills. Yeah, but you know what they do with their cauliflower is they fucking batter it and cover it in like buffalo sauce. Yeah. So like you should do that. It's delicious. Mm-hmm. It's, I can get down with that. Yeah, absolutely. It would just be filled with cauliflower. Just toot, toots on two legs. I know. The cauliflower even looks like a little toot cloud. It does. That's what I've always said. I used to talk shit about cauliflower that it's like, it, it looks, tastes, and smells like farts. And it's like, yeah, don't worry about it. It's good for you. It's good to toot. And it makes you toot. And it's also great if you actually like treat it with reverence as opposed to just eating it like raw with ranch. Steamed dip. or whatever. Yeah. Um, Ugh, I like vegetables. Fuck. That episode of uh, of Parks and Recreation where they go to the grocery store and, and people are trying to learn about vegetables for the first time. Like, what? what's this tiny tree? Can you eat it? Oh no, this one's dead. And he's holding up a cauliflower. <laughs> <laughs> this one died. Oh, no. That's sad. Oh no. <laughs> oh, Pawnee. Oh uh, yeah, actually cauliflower is a really nice replacement for rice too. Mm-hmm. Like if you're trying to do like a low, no grain, low mm-hmm, carb kind mm-hmm. of thing, you rice it. It's awesome. Yeah, it's good. Mm-hmm. I basically will put cauliflower in or steamed and then pureed with mm-hmm. butter and a steamed celery root also. It's yeah, pretty it's much good. tastes like a, not quite like a mashed potato, but it's, mm-hmm. it serves Very the close. same function. Yep. Or, or like cauliflower, I guess, yeah, probably steamed and then like with a little like pepper and stuff mm. like that and make sort of like an Alfredo sauce. I'm suddenly mm-hmm. reminded of Bubba Gump with all the shrimp. <laughs> shrimp. Ga- about the cauliflower. Cauliflower. <laughs> cauliflower. <laughs> steamed cauliflower. <laughs> mashed cauliflower. The first time I had cauliflower and I liked it, I think my mom steamed it, uh, or she steamed it in a little bit of uh, like milk and and just mashed it into like a sort of a a slightly wet puree which doesn't sound very nice but it was seasoned really well Mm -hmm. and it was just sort of like put on a plate and then uh, a piece of fish that was breaded (gasps) with pistachios on top it was really like yeah that was uh, I'll make that for you if you want yeah you will yeah I will (laughs) I fucking will though I will you treat me so good I love that episode that you guys recorded at your parents house oh did you listen to that (laughs) what a shit show that turned out to be (laughs) ended up being the first night I ever threw up in like five years. And now you're just like on that barf train. Now I'm on the barf toot toot. Here I come. (laughs) (laughs) That was a fun. So you actually listen to that. You Mm -hmm. get a medal for that. Yeah. (laughs) Did you get to the part where we sang at the end? I don't know if I got all the way to that part. No. I've been I've been putting listeners. I've been putting little secret Easter eggs after the credits a lot recently. So people have been more attention. 
You gotta listen to the whole fucking outro. <laughs> oh my god, even I don't do that, so I've been missing out on this. I know, it's my secret presence to everybody. Your uh, secret present to Meredith. I drive so much for my job that um, I'm listening to a lot of podcasts. I mean, I've always listened to, like, Dan Savage mm-hmm. and, like, This American Life, but my podcast uh, menu has grown quite a bit in the last few months. Mm-hmm. Well, we're very honored to have even the smallest part well, of that. Oh, yeah, and uh, this is my first podcast recording ever. Have you been on, You've been on the radio before, though, haven't you? Uh, yes. For weed? Yes. Yes. <laughs> but that was when I lived in Texas, so that was a pretty long time ago. Oh, wow. Yeah. Talking about weed on a Texas radio station? Yeah. That's kind of ballsy. Well, that's, it's You I might was... say that's, you cowboyed up. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was participating in, like, some activist stuff with, um, Texas Normal, which is, like, the Austin branch of the National Organization for the Reform of Marijuana Laws. Um, Normal. So we like were, it. um, trying, this was a good eight years ago, seven or eight years ago, we were trying to get a bill um, passed that would just allow you to use your doctor's recommendation for cannabis as an affirmative defense in court. So if you got busted for possession and your doctor said, well, you're going through cancer, we will help you. You could use that in court like to help defend yourself. We couldn't even get that passed, sadly. Wow. We tried like three oh, wow. times. Um, but yeah, we a few of us were on like one of the local radio stations to talk about like our day of action at the Texas Capitol. Wow. Yeah. That's yeah. impressive. Yeah, to be, a, to be a stoner in a in a southern state like that is... Pretty gutsy. Well, and I fully realized that I benefited from white privilege, too, because, I mean, sure. we would just yeah, walk definitely. around downtown Austin smoking weed, like, mm-hmm. relatively openly in the alleys and stuff like that. And, I mean, the worst thing, really, that would happen is you might get a ticket if a cop walked up on you. Mm-hmm. Or make you throw out your shit. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah, I mean, they could arrest you if they wanted to, but in, in Austin, but at if least. You're white. like and, and if you're a resident of Travis County, which is where Austin is, um, they have the option to just write you a ticket rather than. That seems like a you. lot less work for everybody involved. That was kind of the idea. Yeah. Yeah. So if you have less than an ounce and you're a resident, then they can just be like, throw it away and get out of here. Yeah. Like, don't you be smoking that sweet, sweet hey, Shiba. Yeah. Pesky, pesky rascals. <laughs> you little rascals. But uh, Texas still here. has a long way to go for sure. I mean, you can still be, um, like, if you have the tiniest bit of hash or any kind of extract on you, it's an immediate felony. Oh, my like, God. Any Yikes. amount. It's an immediate state felony. Gotta so stop. basically, I commit felonies all the time. Yeah, and so Texas do I, felonies. every day for my job. Mm-hmm. Like, I regularly carry amounts on me that would put me away for the rest of my yeah. life in Texas. Gotta stock those Jeez. prisons somehow, man, or else yeah. how are we going to get all of our underwears made? Texas is oh, a big player Lord. in the whole private prison thing. Mm-hmm. Like, Texas has a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Shit's yep. fucked, guys! Yep. Mm-hmm. Anybody else know Well, I mean, it's something that, like, my girlfriend <laughs> was reminding me about to sort of keep things in perspective, too. She was like, well, you know, I've been saying things kind of have sucked for a while. It's just that now we have this, like, shitty despot in power who basically is just ramming through with no, like, consideration of any kind of political norms at all, all of these mm-hmm. terrible pieces of legislation. But right. our previous presidents were the architects of a lot of the systems that he is now using to push these very, very things so. through. They laid a lot of groundwork, like, regardless yes. of their... Like, I love Obama, but he also helped author a lot of these systems that mm-hmm. Trump is now benefiting Exploring. from. Bannon yeah. and Trump are both now exploiting the shit God. out of which is really disheartening. One thing that is getting me through the days is just like imagining that at any moment, at any moment, someone in his inner circle is revolted and stabbed him in the neck and we're going to find out about it. And just, I just like just to think leaked, about it. leaked all the information or something. No, no, I mean just fully stabbed him, literally stabbed him in the neck. Oh, yeah. Like like actually like crept up on him and stabbed mm. him with a knife in the neck. Yeah. Mm. Is that something I think about sometimes and think, because I think about it, and the way I think about it, it's not even thinking about it as like a person on person violence. It makes me think of that scene in um, Spirited Away. <laughs> If I see Studio Ghibli, where 
where the main character, the protagonist, like pulls a poisoned arrow out of a god's back or something, and all this sludge just yep. pours out of him for yep. like hours. Yep. And eventually, like, oh, you freed me, thank you. Woo, I'm yeah. flying up to spirit world or whatever. Oh. I like picture that happening, just like evil blackness and uh, like, yeah. I don't know, like border walls with 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 barbed wire on him, just like pouring out of an open wound, basically. Mm. I mean, there are actually, there are a couple of uh, representatives that are questioning his mental stability, Mm -hmm. like actually publicly asking if perhaps, just maybe, there's something wrong with our Would he be fit to stand trial if he actually went to trial for the things that he's doing? Were you the one that was telling me this morning about the pictures of him and Theresa May and how she was having to like escort him around and hold his hand as he walked around? Because he's afraid of stairs. He can't handle stairs. Oh my god! So there's all these never photos to of walk holding in... hands, I guess, right? He's, he's never had to walk upstairs. He before. just rides elevators everywhere. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. That's I just like oh god, I got full body just like creeped out where it's like I don't want to pathologize anybody in a way. Like I'm not professional. I have so we no, don't know them. you know, I have sure. no evidence. But at the same time, it's like there's something like to go all psychoanalysis. Like he seems just like a kid that never grew up and was just constantly rewarded and. Yep. You know, and then he just, like, actually can't really function in the world without a lot of help, and it's really scary. Well, and I think that he is also, at minimum, very easily manipulated, Mm -hmm. and he is surrounding himself, particularly with Bannon, with people who have Who is strong-arming a lot of shit. And they are fueling this, like, very populist and nationalist tone of all of the executive orders coming out of this Mm -hmm. office. It's terrifying. Yeah, it's. I am. I was. We were talking earlier about how I was like. I'm trying to find some good things to focus on, so I don't want to shoot myself in the face. Yeah. Um, I mean, I am really heartened by how much um, all of this is galvanizing, sort of like the activist and resistance movement mm-hmm. in the states, um, and bringing new people into it. A lot of people who might have not really considered direct political action before are showing up, donating to the ACLU, joining things like you know, asking like, what can I do? Like mm-hmm. supporting refugee organizations. I was reading on Twitter that the ACLU raised ten million dollars in forty eight hours. Yeah. This weekend, like, yeah. I mean, he. Well, yes, his actions are making white supremacists very happy right now. I am also happy because there are equally, if not more, people who are responding in concrete ways to try and like combat that. Yeah, my love to like all the lawyers that basically went to the airport yes. to like get refugees like, taken that. out. Incredible. Like, just there, standing there with signs like, "Hey, are you an immigrant? Do you need help? Like, I'm here offering to help you. their services for free." I saw totally a lot of counselors though. offering a lot of yep. services for free as well. I was, yeah, I would go do that if I was certified for sure. Yeah, you probably yeah. you know we could in our just go. <laughs> yeah, but like not to the states necessarily, yeah. but like it just kind of. To see, like, a whole bunch of lawyers, like, sitting on airport floors, like, working on case stuff right. and, like, trying to file paperwork for people just, like, yeah. on the fly mm-hmm. is, like, pretty, like, those are our superheroes right now, and I'm really Absolutely. Yes. And knowing and, and seeing people who are very much, like, moderate before, like, being sort of almost radicalized towards the left because they're like, oh, hang on a second, like, this is what inaction, ro- like, reeks, basically, yeah. is that this happens when, like... You just let it slide. And now, and it being so close to, you know, Holocaust Memorial Day and all that stuff. Like, the the parallels are so unbelievable that people are like, oh, holy shit, like, this is what happened. So there is enough, I think, um, enough people of our generation, at least, that still got enough of a tail end of good public education Mm -hmm. uh, to to go, like, hang on, this is really fucked up. And people are starting to, like, think, like, oh, I actually have to do something. Like, I can't just sit back and do nothing. Mm -hmm. Which is, like, where I'm at now, because I'm very easily... It's easy for me to become extremely, uh, like, placated. Like, Mm -hmm. just... Because I'm very privileged, and I live very comfortably. 
Uh, and I realized, like, oh, I'm going to have to give up a lot of this comfort mm-hmm. to help people. So that's yeah. what's going to have to happen. What I liked, uh, Morgan Page on Twitter, um, she posted a bunch of stuff around, like, new people are coming to these marches. Like, we need to, you know, once they're there, then you can talk to them about other things, like right. Black Lives Matter, like, queer issues, trans mm-hmm. issues. Mm-hmm. Like, if they're coming for one thing, you can kind of show how those things are all interconnected. Right. And try to really, like, bridge some of those, like, divided left issues through, like, larger political action, and mm-hmm. then to try our best to, like, amplify, like, the people that are mostly marginalized as right. well. Absolutely. It's it's complicated. Yeah, the, the drive to sort of tell... The people who've been a- organizing on the ground for a long time, I think, are rightfully a little bit frustrated yeah. by the sort of fair-weather protesters that have shown up. But at the same time, they... Hey, more bodies. More yeah, bodies. Like, and welcome. Yeah. Come on in. And, uh, yeah, I, I think for, for me, I a big important thing that happened to me was, like, getting called out at some point in my life and just basically not being handheld through some things. But I don't think that when you're looking at a larger scale that that is functional. Well, and I think white people in particular are really having a hard time with people of color mm-hmm. or, or other white people even being yeah. like, hey, like, here are the reasons why traditionally feminism has been very exclusionary towards these certain groups of women. And yep. here is why intersectional feminism is maybe like where it should be at. And like, mm-hmm. you should maybe look into this. And yeah. And I think it's up to other white people to sort of shepherd, uh, like woke, woke white people, I guess, yeah. for lack of a better term, mm-hmm. you know, I like mean... politically aware and like engaged and yeah. like people who are, who've been listening to you know, like black feminists, Latina feminists, indigenous feminists for all this time. Right. Um, I think that it's, it's important for us to like hold other people accountable and, but to do it in a way that's kind and inclusionary sure. and mm-hmm. being like, look, I totally get like, why you came out here, but we need to look at the, yeah, like you said, looking at the interrelatedness of it yeah. all. Um, my friend, um, one of my friends is an activist in Portland and they have a very funny podcast and they did an all, whole episode recently. Well, they had two episodes. One was white women's tears and one was white men's tears. And it was just like <laughs> all about like, cause they're both, you know, queer and people of color. And it was mm-hmm. just all about like, here are all the ways in which I had to coddle some white person's feelings this week, like, mm-hmm. yet again, you know, and I felt like I spent just a few days trying to gently educate my other white friends about intersectional feminism and why is that important, yeah. and and I was exhausted after just a very short time of that, and I, like, texted one of my friends who's a woman of color, and I was like, I can only imagine how tired you are. You've probably been doing this for years, mm-hmm. and everyone expects, expects you to do all of that emotional labor to educate them and yeah, all the ways in which... Tamper alleys. Uh, different allies. kinds of forms of oppression or intersect, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah, I just, <sighs> yeah, yeah. it's a lot. It's like I was talking about earlier about how I, I'm like, I need to just pick a few issues that I like really want to focus on my Definitely. energy. And I think that arguing with people on the internet is probably not a super productive way to do no. that. Yeah. 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 I'm trying to disengage from any kind of political talk on Facebook and I think I'm going to deactivate my Twitter for good. I, you, you had a really good idea for yours, which is yeah, just so separating. I've, I've got, like, my personal one, and then I have my work one that, like, I was following a lot of, like, political organizations, mm-hmm. and it's, like, my more partisan sort of Twitter, and I just started migrating people, like, from my, like, personal Facebook, which I mostly, like, followed comedians sure. and stuff like that, um, just migrated them all over to my, like, public account so it's like I only really check that one at work so I can kind of stay engaged in like what's happening and then I check my personal one at home just friends and animals and it's things. just yeah it's just my close friends basically and they'll still bring up things that are important to them but it's like I just don't miss as much yeah you know because yeah. I was missing everybody's like personal life things in a sea of panic basically totally. and so to be able to at least see 
like to take the temperature of like what my close friends are up to then I like you know then I didn't miss my friend being like I'm sick my family's sick I need you like someone to come help make dinner and yeah. I'm like great I'm all I'm over there you're such a good friend so yeah I love you I love you yay <laughs> but like I feel I like too. I'm trying to figure out what you were saying Nikki like you find a few things that you can focus on, and then if we all focus on a few things, collectively we're going to cover everything. Because there are so everything. many issues, and obviously we care about a lot of different things. And so then you can't, like, when people are like, well, why are you caring about, like, this? Because this is the most important. It's like, okay, you worry to about you. that thing, and right. I'll worry about this thing, right. and then, like, our bases are covered. <laughs> like, that's pretty cool. Yeah, and we definitely got to keep taking care of each other. That's that's always my biggest mm-hmm. thing, is, like, is, like what you're doing, uh, like, by, like, very practically taking care of people, making mm-hmm. sure that people have enough to eat to have their, you know, roasted cauliflower bowls yeah. and stuff to make sure that, you know, that good, good fiber and vitamin C. <laughs> Did you see someone sent, like, six pizzas to the protesters at JFK Airport oh, cool. over the weekend? And then they turned the boxes into signs, which I thought was oh, really cute. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah. That's so great. I, I just, I love, that. I love the pictures from uh, Staples and stuff that just show all the posters are just gone, like, woe unto the children who have science fair projects, right? <laughs> Uh, but I just, I just really like it. I like how in- involved people are getting. Like, I'm really hoping that my parents will start getting involved in that stuff. They've always been very good at volunteering for things, mm-hmm. but usually events rather than, than this kind of stuff. But I think, like, they're starting to, my dad in particular, is yeah. like, what the fuck is going on? Yes. But both of them, I, like, I texted my mom yesterday, like, what do we do? And she's like, I don't know. But something. But don't pay attention to the news too much, mm-hmm. kind of like. Yeah. Just basically, you know, check yourself before you wreck yourself. Kind of thing. What mm-hmm. I thought was funny too is that the question that I saw so many, mostly white liberals, um, wringing <laughs> their hands about over the past week is it okay to punch a Nazi? <laughs> Please I do. mean, the answer to me, is yes. <laughs> I'm surprised that's even a question. I mean, I think punching a Nazi is as American as apple pie. <laughs> Um, more so even <laughs> so I was I was really kind of a, a somewhat bemused at some of the liberal hand wringing I saw on different social media like, platforms oh, like, raise some money for Richard Spencer's poor face <sighs> like yeah raise some money for me to punch him in it it was end. just so poetic that like he was in the middle of talking about his stupid Pepe, Pepe the, the frog, frog pen and he just got wrecked I mean it was just all of the oh. remixes of that video mm, just like <laughs> warmed what my heart I mean it was just like this bright spot of joy and what was otherwise a shit show. We can simplify it all down to that easily and, like, laugh about it, but I think that really that is important praxis is, like, just not... Not tolerating fascist mm-hmm. behavior. No, I mean, I really feel like if you're a person who advocates for, quote-unquote, peaceful ethnic cleansing of, yeah. of, of a minority, really, or any group, um, yeah. I think that you should be a bit afraid when you leave your house. Yeah. That was that was the insp- inspiration behind my tweet earlier today that has my dad liked, which was, I just kind of thought that was really funny, which is just that Aww, I don't... I'll miss you on Twitter. I don't, you'll miss me on Twitter? I'll miss you on Twitter. I'll, I'll stick around for a bit until it's okay. too much for me. Maybe I'll just keep taking temporary breaks. Or just make a list of all the all your friends. Well, True. and you can disable retweets, you know, so if you don't like, I mean, you, you can disable my retweet. I know I retweet a lot of political stuff. You can disable oh, those can things. Oh, you can disable that it, seeing other people's yes, retweets? Yes, oh. So that would make So then you feed, only get their original right. content. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. That's a really fucking oh, that, good idea. Oh, that will probably solve my problem. Yeah, so you can tinker around with your settings a bit. <clears throat> there are definitely people I love talking to, and I just love saying sort of dumb, irreverent shit into the mm-hmm. void. I, like, put a, I put a lock on my account, and I'm already going to take it off, because I'm like, I still do like being able to, like, tweet at randos. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's fun. It's a good time. I um, uh, but what I tweeted earlier today was kind of like, you know, I I've never been an advocate for violence, but I've become more understanding about it lately, mm-hmm. uh, for sure, because I realized like, oh, you know, nonviolence. I, I I don't remember. Is it 
Baldwin, I believe, is the name of the uh, African American um, like philosopher or scholar. I'm not sure what his name is. Um, uh, I know he was like a, a queer like Harlem Renaissance guy. Mm-hmm. I think uh, something Baldwin, um, which is terrible for me. But it was like if you're uh, like nonviolence is dependent on your oppressor thinking that you have humanity. Pretty mm-hmm. much. This is very paraphrased, but yeah. like, and if they don't think you do, like if they advocate for your peaceful ethnic cleansing. Yeah. Or, like, literally saying genocide. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, does the then, world really need black people? Literally like, is what this guy said. God damn it. Oh, well, yes, I, it does. I do not want a world without black people. I don't. No. I, I don't. I would like a world without that asshole. So. I would like a world without <laughs> white supremacists. I, right. That would be a beautiful world. Like, a world without white people would be fine. If that means, like, I eventually people who look like me are phased out, fucking great. Like, who cares? I'm very pasty anyway. Like... Who gives a shit? Yeah. Um, but what I tweeted was was just that, like, okay, I don't advocate for violence, and I don't really believe in the in capital punishment, but I'm sort of seeing the guillotine's appeal these days. I like, like, your tweet earlier, like that was like, like I kind of I get it now. Mm-hmm. You know, it's creepy, but uh, it would be pretty satisfying to load up Steve Bannon onto one and just slice his fat, stupid head off. It's Sorry, just, fat. The just... fat part's not that important, but his face is just so disgusting. He's got this really, like, job of the hut thing going on. Just like, just... yeah, how can you look at yourself in the mirror and think that you have superior genetics when you look like Steve Bannon? <laughs> Fat shaving and looks shaving. Just every, every day. But just... their, their outside reflects their inside so well, and it's a tragedy. It's absolutely true. Every it's... day I'm just like, what fresh hell is, like, going on now? I just I feel like I've been dropped into the Zara world. A hundred percent. Yeah. It's, um, it's bizarre. Yeah. I was trying to think of, like some other sort of concrete things that I could do. And, like, I'm not a huge, like, group organizer. Like, I'm Mm -hmm. a much better, like, letter writer or, like, helping people, like, one-on-one with, like, advocacy. Right. But, and, like, I'm not really a big march planner either. Like, we kind of got burned, Katie, when you and I, like, did the slut walk. We had so much stuff to learn, and it really, like... It was... I learned a lot, and it kind of made me like not want to do any more organizing because I'm like I don't like another nice liberal white lady does not need to be organizing this shit no we need to be supporting but how can I support and so there's like a scientist march on Washington happening Mm -hmm. there's like a branch happening in Vancouver Mm -hmm. and I'm like okay so a friend of mine from school um is one like she started putting that together I'm like well Black Lives Matter was left out of you know, the Vancouver Women's March, which was not great. And, like, my friend, who is one of the main organizers, is also, like, a badass scientist, so what a perfect intersection. And she's like, did you know there's a whole group called White Coats for Black Lives? So, like, they should be leading this march. And I'm like, perfect. And everyone on that committee was like, great, what do you need? As opposed to, like, wrestling over anything. It was so good. That's really good. So I was like, what I want to do for this march, though, is, like, everyone talks about... You know, it's exhausting. I don't want to show up to this week after week. What do we do? And people are trying to build connections with each other. I'm like, aftercare party for the march. Where can we do something? We can get people to donate money for space and snacks and just have, like, a chill-out warm place after the oh my march God, so you people get, can like, come to you or not. hire some, like, chair massage and stuff like that. Or something. Simple. Like, I honestly just want to call it, like, who wants to donate some time and, like, make some food and... You can still go yeah. to the march, but then leave, like, an hour early to help set up this space, like, oh, at a community I, I totally center help or with something. That. That's, that, that's really, I think, where my mm-hmm. where my praxis is going to be, is just taking care of people yeah. who are who are on the ground and stuff. Because, like, I don't think that I need to be the face of anything. No. Um, if somebody needs to speak up for, like, 
uh, like queer women. Yeah, for sure. But like any, any other time, like, I don't think my voice needs to be prioritized, but like, like that's the only avenue that I think that I could really have something to say yeah. and, and be like a, a worthy voice. Yeah. So. I just think it would be really cool. I get like, I'm, I'm, I love event planning and I love getting like party planning kind of mode on. So I'm like, you know, you get your community center, you get like a bunch of like get your fucking canapes. Well, you can get like, there are big organizations that have some money that would kick in some donations for stuff like that. Like you can approach every union or every like federation to be like, would you give us 20 bucks? Yeah. And then you just like buy hella snacks and like a big giant thermos of like chai and coffee and like mm. all kinds of stuff so that people have a place mm. to hang out after the march. Yeah. You don't really get to talk to people in those like big kind of big situations. Right, yeah. So there's a little more like downtime and then people can talk about their interrelated issues in like a comfortable environment. So like anyone that wants to help me with like the aftercare party, yeah. Like hit me up. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. at C-L-R-Z-E-P-A on Twitter (laughs) I'm just like what the hap is fucking in the world right now it's crazy it's crazy do you have anything else you want to say about like all the bad shit Um, that's going down since you have to live there there's so much Mm -hmm. there's so much so much it's hard to cover all in a short relatively short time yeah um yeah I mean I guess yeah just like I was saying I'm just trying to like pick a few issues that are, you know, of deepest concern and priority to me. And, you know, I might not really be as much as I would love to be a badass black lock Antifa and be mm-hmm. out in the streets, like mm-hmm. smashing Nazis in the head whenever I have the opportunity. I think perhaps I should leave that to other people mm-hmm. yep. um, and channel my strengths into maybe some other things. We're too distinctive looking to punch Nazis in the that. face. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, I, one of my friends in Portland is, like, very politically and, and you know, active and really involved in, she's, she was involved in Occupy, like, she's continued to be involved in a lot of, you know, pretty heavy street-related protest stuff in Portland, and um, she, uh, you know, is pretty recognizable to the police and gets hassled quite a bit, even mm-hmm. though she's not really a minority at all, like, just the fact that, like, the police can recognize she's a known, she She's a known shit disturber. She is, yep. yep, so she definitely, you know, from this nice little liberal town, like, the police still definitely give her a really hard time mm-hmm. um and just you know i care very much about cannabis and access to cannabis you know free access to cannabis mm-hmm. you know, i mean and the states that have all passed legalization measures uh have all come so far in trying to upscale these like recreational systems and i am very concerned about the potential new attorney general because he is a direct opponent of mm. legal pot if only he'd try it <sighs> probably like be chilling yeah. Well, he famously, Jeff Sessions, you know, famously remarked that he thought the KKK were pretty all right until he found out some of them smoked pot. So, you Holy know. Holy fuck! That made me feel really gross. And he oh said he swears God. that was a joke. God, I want to see them Ugh. just, like, and, I want to see their heads separated yeah. from their bodies. And as recently as, mm. of, as mm. April of last mm. year, he said in a Senate hearing that good people don't smoke pot. I mean, he's very adamantly against uh, mm-hmm. legal access. And so, I mean... I, I didn't think until really very recently that there was a real possibility that they could come in and just, like, shut the whole thing down. But it sort of feels like anything is possible in this current climate. Um, I mean, there's a lot of people with a lot of money in the game, so I'm mm-hmm. hoping that that's, that would be enough to... Man, capitalism will at least bolt, bolster the walls a little bit. <laughs> oh, yikes. I mean, apparently California is exploring ways to mm-hmm. they, see if they can stop sending money to the federal government because yeah. they are what's, see. right, yeah. basically there's a Cal exit thing going yeah. on, like a push for that right now. I mean, I don't know if but that will actually come Because apparently mission, they pay more taxes donor to... donor state. Yeah, because yes. the economy is, like, huge in California. Yes. They have so many different yes. industries and agriculture and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So they pay in more than they get back yeah. from the so federal government. Yeah, so it's like, government. hmm, I heard especially around, like, if people are trying to take away, like, 
sanctuary city. That's the, that's the sort of mm-hmm. the crux of the issue is, you know, the Trump administration threatening to remove federal funding from so-called sanctuary cities that refuse to comply with right. directives to force local law enforcement to enforce federal immigration law. Gross. I read, I read that. Cascadia qu- forever. So oh, yeah, that's seriously, what I'm Cascadia I'm a forever. Cascadia separatist. Uh, except for the white supremacist Cascadia yeah, they separatists. Can, they, they can, can suck off. my <laughs> entire dick and they can, they can move one state over. Just, just to the go right. stay in Idaho, please. Just yeah. fuck right off and go stick your dick in a Some people include Idaho in the whole Cascadia thing. Mm-mm. I personally do not agree with that. I, don't think, I so. think it's we everything west potatoes. of the Cascades. We got Pemberton. We're good. Right. <laughs> um, but I think, yeah, I would really love to have just BC to Cali, like just all together. Like a big longer Cascadia than we originally yep. anticipated. Now I'm like, just bring it all the way. And then yeah. connect it all to Mexico, too. And yeah. Connect it all to Mexico. Sweet, sweet Baja. Yeah. <laughs> sweet, sweet Baja Peninsula. Yeah. I, uh, one of my favorite things in the world, as you know, Katie, is uh, Topo Chico <laughs> Mineral Water from Mexico. I do. I am upset about many things out of this administration, but by God, if they actually pass this Mexico tax like they're threatening to, it's going to make my mineral water and my avocados a lot more expensive. <laughs> God damn it. I saw the funniest, like, somebody at one of the marches had, like, put guacamole on races and maybe white, white people, people will care. care. And then it, it's yeah. like, oh, they're banning, like, you know, maybe avocados will be more expensive and people are, like, freaking out. And it's much? like, oh my God, they did put guacamole on it and now we care. How much do does True. an avocado cost in the States? Um... So a conventional, non-organic, large avocado is probably going to be like a dollar fifty. Okay, so those are like two bucks. Like two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's so, about the same. Yeah. They're so good. <laughs> I haven't had an avocado for a while because they're not in season. They're just yeah. like hard as rocks. Which, I mean, I just got to take them home and, like, shimmy them the, up with a banana. Honest to God, the avocado that I put on our avocado toast yesterday was perfect. So that was a really good avocado. I do not know how it was so good. It was not an organic avocado, and it is goddamn January. It was great. It was, it was so one. good. It looked like shit from the outside, and you open it up, it was beautiful on the inside. Aww. Like, so many good people, you yeah. know? Just like, oh, your face! Oh, the inside's great. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. I don't know. Actually, don't know that many people that are wonderful on the inside that are gross on the outside because no. everybody starts to look more beautiful when you know that they're lovely. It's true. Like that Stell Silverstein drawing. Mm. They just glow with like yeah. niceness. Yes, I like it. So it's also Lunar New Year today, yes. and we're coming into the year of the rooster, mm-hmm. which like. I was happy to read that my my sign because I'm a rat. Year of the rat. Um, and then ox, which is my partner. Those are the two luckiest. I'm an ox. Yeah, two luckiest signs this year. You're gonna get the most rewards financially, specifically. Yeah. So I'm like, dig it. And but I was looking at some of the characteristics for the year of the rooster. And like last year, the year of the monkey was just like throw your poo at everything. <laughs> like that's, that's my year. <laughs> that's kind of what it was. Year of the rooster is you're looking for. It's, it feels very Capricorny to me. So vigilance, hard work, perseverance. Yeah. But then also at the same time, patience, serenity, balance. Um, but passion, mm-hmm. but vigilance. Like okay. I just, all important. I think right those now, are really think. good. So it's like, yeah. we need to just, we put our heads down and we do the work for what we care about this year and it's yeah. going to bring us some good shit. So, Absolutely. you know, as much as like astrology, whatever, I'm like, I'll take that as a mantra. <laughs> you, I, know? you know what? You are in good company, Chris, cause we're all woo woo as fuck in yeah. this room right Perfect. now. We got yes. some crystals. Real wooey. We'll do some uh, tarot reading later today, maybe. Ooh, we gotcha. can... I didn't bring any cards with me, unfortunately. Oh, you got I've some got, here? I've got, like, six decks. Like... Yeah, six... How many decks do you have? I got so many decks. Can I touch your decks? <laughs> 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 
<laughs> See, I feel like, okay, so I feel like we're turning a dark corner into, like, sort of a more fun corner at this point in yeah. the podcast, which I'm excited about, because I still want to talk about weed, and I still want to talk about yes, mystical shit. Yeah. Because yes. it's, it's scary, weed. but it's also, we have to let it galvanize us to, yes. to be stronger and be, like, stronger together, you yeah, know? It's, like It's like I planned that segue. Yeah, it's almost like you planned it. I didn't. Yeah. That's why I'm just naturally brilliant. You are so brilliant, and I love you. I just like to, I like to picture like not that I was ever her biggest fan, but honestly, she seems like Jesus now is Hillary Clinton. Like I just want to picture her in like a God. fucking like Rambo outfit, just like army crawling under the fence to the White House, like with a knife in her teeth or something <laughs> to just like take him out black ops style. Like, I want ninja. so badly for him to be just wonderful. be dead. I've never wished someone dead with such serious in my heart you know like just for him to just like stress out to the point that he strokes yeah. out at his desk and I've just watched too many over. CSIs and like you just gotta shoot him with insulin into a vein <laughs> just shoot him up with some serious and insulin and the, in- the insulin dissipates back into their body and but if you put too much in they go into like a diabetic shock and then just look kind of like they had a little heart attack just so, a little heart attack so or like inject some a, air that, into him it's on a lot of CSIs so please don't come for me I might have a knock at my door. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, your passport will probably show whether or not you've been to the States recently. Mm-hmm. Or I guess you could be inciting. Yeah, I don't want to be encouraging anyone to do that, but I'm just I saying. Do. I'm really curious about what kind of notes CBP has on my info, you know, from when I come back and forth into Canada. Because, like, the last oh, time I was yeah. here, you know, they always ask me, who are you visiting? Why are you here? Oh, I'm visiting my friend. Where does she live? She's in New West. How do you know her? The internet. And they look at me all crazy. And I'm like, As like, if, live like, journal? Not... <laughs> <laughs> they like, have a classic. They're always classic kind of like, oh, you're just like a funny, sweet little nerd is how they always treat me when I'm at the border. So, like, I'm su- I feel like I'm still super safe to cross for now until, like, unless things get really weird yeah. but like yeah I uh, I do want to keep visiting is the thing like mm-hmm. I want to keep coming to the United States because a lot of people I love live there right. and you... we still have so much weed to smoke you ask me I what I'm drawing yeah what you are you so drawing I'm drawing Elmer that uh, that uh, oh, Tumblr monkey. character that's that, that he's the fruit vendor and he's just got like a baboon he's got like the crazy nose <laughs> I don't know why I'm drawing him he just soothes me that looks very therapeutic and, and Luna really loves him, so I was just thinking about her because she's our artist for this. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm a little bit drunk, actually. Oh. <laughs> so I realized as I'm drawing, I'm like, this feels nice. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, okay, I'm drawing a monkey for some reason. I'm drawing a baboon. Because we were talking about the year of the monkey, and then you started drawing him. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, just like a nice little smile. He's looking at a strawberry that he's selling. That's <laughs> Well, we've been drawing a lot on podcasts lately. We had this drawing for Hillary that we posted. That was her self-portrait. Uh, and we put it on We put it on the podcast, and it's horrifying. Have you told her about that game that we've been playing with Tessa? The, What's that? The Drawful. Oh, the game? Drawful. Um, this is a really great game okay. that Tessa got. Do you, have you ever played You Don't Know Jack? Nope. Um, it's like a trivia game that um, I think started as a PC game, because I had it mm-hmm. in like 1998 or yeah. something like on that. Like I played it. disc on a disc, mm-hmm, on a mm-hmm. CD-ROM, uh, and I'd play, like, with my mom, and we'd really, like, because we love trivia in my family, so we were really having fun with it, and it's very cheeky and, and, and cute, and then it was on Xbox for a long time, and then Tessa got it, and you can play just with your mobile phone, just by logging into, like, a, a browser website, so you don't need to install anything, yeah. and this, so you don't know, Jack, they have that game, it's just a trivia game, and you, like, buzz in, answer, whatever, but Drawful is basically, like, it's pretty much Pictionary, but made weirder. Mm-hmm. Sort of like, so you get something like, um, one of our, your friend got Hummingbird Saddle. Was yeah. one of the, she, what? she drew a dick, which she was just not. She drew a dick. She was like, eh, whatever. Whatever, I'll just draw a dick. Uh, and anyway, uh, everybody sees the drawing and they have to guess what it is. And so they'll like, but it doesn't have to be a serious guess. It can be like a ridiculous guess that just sort of makes use of whatever, however bad the drawing is. Cause mm-hmm. you draw it on your phone. It looks like shit. Yeah. yeah. So, um, 
so it comes up, you put your thing in, and then everybody has to decide what the actual thing is. Uh, and that's, and, but you could guess. So it's like a cross between Pictionary and Balderdash. Oh, fun. So it's like a perfect really combo fun. of both things. And it's really fun. And I love drawing it because I get to draw like really weird little uh, uh, stick people, which I'm very good at. So, <laughs> And you get to draw what your little like character icon looks like. Yeah. yeah so nice. be Mine was a dick with boobs at one point. <laughs> it was a dick with boobs. And then it was just my face with tentacles yeah. all around it. Was it was so. like a Katie octopus. Kind it had hot. like the hair and everything. It yeah. was pretty awesome. It looked great. But uh, my favorite drawing I did was w for W. TF grandma. Yeah. Like, what the fuck, grandma? So just your grandma knitting and shitting on a cake. <laughs> <laughs> so you're like an old lady, and I was like, she gotta be knitting because no one will know otherwise. So she's knitting and then pooing on a birthday cake. <laughs> so that's how the game works. I would have drawn Mark Marin <laughs> kissing your grandma. Don't kiss my grandma, Mark Marin. She's been dead for so many years. How yeah. many years? Well, it depends 40, on what grandma. Forty years. <laughs> <laughs> she's until you're crying about oh. my dead grandma. Whoa. Oh, uh, I finally watched San Junipero. Oh. Um, and so, like, you know, I've been having some sad stuff lately, and I just have been feeling really pent up emotionally. I found all my tears, you guys. I, I found it at San Junipero. It was, they were oh. hiding in San Junipero, is what yeah. was happening. I fucking bawled. Didn't you oh. feel so good after it? It was like, beautiful. It was beautiful. I slept better than I have in a long yeah. time last night. That's yeah. so oh good God. to hear. What honey. a cute episode. Yeah. It's so, like, Black I imagine some people, like, I don't want to reveal the twist, but some people would be like, well, I don't know, it seems really sinister. I'm like, no, it's perfect. Mm-hmm. It's so that's how I want things to be. And yeah. it's really the only episode of Black Mirror that's, that's not, not, not a total beatdown. Yeah. 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 Where you're not like, oh, God, people are horrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, basically. Oh, man, yeah. it really felt great. I'm so seen... glad you got your tears out, yeah. or some of them anyway. Yeah, I'm sure there's more living in there. But... There's gotta be. Yeah. Have you seen the protest sign that says this episode of Black Mirror sucks? Yes. <laughs> yeah, Charlie Brooker retweeted it. Love it. <laughs> I love him. It's true. I watched his yearly wipe. Uh, have you seen that? It's on YouTube. Uh, somebody uploaded it. It's basically just him reviewing the year, going like, oh, what the fuck is happening? Um, and I was watching it with Tessa, and we literally had to turn it off because it was so upsetting. Because we were just like, oh, no. Like, I was still laughing, but she was really distressed by it. Because yeah. yeah. I, I have a very dark sense of humor, and I also, like, have a very strong survival instinct. Mm-hmm. Especially since I got an antidepressant, so I'm just kind of like, well, we're going to keep on going and see what happens. <laughs> We're doing this. I'm just like crazy, crazy I'm mom driving, driving a minivan with like 30 million Canadians in the back. Like, we're going to figure this out somehow, motherfuckers. Dude. <laughs> like, who's hungry? I feel we're going like, to Wendy's. I feel more like Charlie's Theron from Mad Max Fury Road. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, let's fucking do this. Well, that's exactly pretty much like with a bit more of a maternal instinct is kind of how I'm feeling about it. But I really want to rewatch that again. Yeah. Because I rewatched with past guest Jen Clark. We watched, um, we got together and watched uh, Inglorious Bastards this mm. week, which was so satisfying to see. Uh, hey, uh, Hugo Stiglitz, we see you're a, you're an amateur at this Nazi killing business. We we want to ask you if you want to go pro. <laughs> like, oh, it's so sexy. Stab those Nazis yeah. in the face. I love like all it. the Inglorious Bastards memes going around. It's it's, it's so, so sad. I've never seen the movie because I I'm like ooh violence, but I'm like, I will watch uh, it with you. I think again. I'm ready to. I think I'm ready. To I would watch, watch it again today, even though I watched it so recently. Like it's literally my favorite movie. Uh, so she I can watch warn it you anytime. before the really gnarly parts. So oh, I'm a big kid. Of... I can try to figure it. There's out. only a yeah. few really gross parts that yeah. I would recommend turning away from. For me, it's everything's fine except when they actually are scalping people. Yeah, then same, I can't, I can't take that. But everything else, like the smushing of the basket, baseball bat and everything was fine. Because yeah. it's a Nazi and you don't care about yeah. them. Yeah. Great. It's just like, if anyone deserves to have their humanity denigrated. It's a Nazi. 
kill. We in the Nazi killer business, and cousin business is a booming. <laughs> just love it. I think that's probably my favorite Brad Pitt part. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, with his weird pasted on mustache. Yeah, so creepy. That's so good. Aldo Rain. I think that and the the gypsy boxer and Snatch are like my favorite roles of his. Ah, yeah. He's a traveler, right? Pikey. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you like Dags? Is that from that movie? I've never seen <laughs> yep. it. You've never seen it. Snatch? No. I had that soundtrack, and the soundtrack is so fucking banging. Yeah, Does it have Oasis great. on it? Yes. It has, like, Massive Attack, and it's got all this, like, Bristol. Fuck you. That's the joke here. I love Oasis. So, no, no, no. I it's no Oasis. joke. She loves Oasis. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, Does it have Oasis on it? Because it's, like, set in Northern England. She's like, Yes. Of course it does. <laughs> Duh. Yeah, of course, of course it does. Of course it does. Yeah. Are they from Liverpool as well, or Manchester? Manchester. Man- Manchester. Is that the same place as Morrissey? Don't they fucking hate Morrissey? I don't know. <laughs> Who doesn't, though, at this point, honestly? He's kind of a buzzkill. He's yeah, Mexican-American teens. They still really like Morrissey. They love Morrissey oh so much. <laughs> I, he's a terrible person, but I love his music very much. Yeah, it's, I feel like I read an article about that recently, about, like, what is it with Mexican kids and Morrissey and the Smiths? Like, and that's just, just it. That's the whole it. thing. Like, it's like, what's yeah, with it? yeah. Like, it reminds me of that episode of Orange is the New Black, where they were, like, uh, the two Hispanic girls were demanding an iPod from, from the guard that they were blackmailing, you know, and she's like, and make sure it has the Smiths on it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love those little mysteries of, like, subculture and mm-hmm. stuff that uh, that we we can't really be privy to, necessarily, as white people. You could just be like, what's the deal? And they're like, you don't get it unless you get it, right? Yeah. And that's kind of cool. Cool. The world is full of fucking wonder, isn't it? <laughs> I love I love a world full of wonder, guys. Do we want to take a quick break? Sure. Are we at breaking times? I mean, sure. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. New York City. We're back. <laughs> We're going to get some of that paste picante. <laughs> get some of that sweet paste picante, thick and chunky salsa. I can't. Made in El Paso, Texas. I haven't, I haven't actually put it on record, but Katie's converted me to my brother, my brother, and me. <gasps> and now I'm like a McElroy stan forever. Oh, they're so fun. And so now everything I say is a sweet, sweet something or other. Sweet, sweet boys. I love it. So <laughs> they're really. I'm picking up on that that's, cadence. That's been such a good um, mental health thing for me, is to have um, old episodes of my brother, my brother, and me. Because even in the new ones, they'll be like, well, shit definitely happened, but they won't talk about it in detail. They just talk about silly goofs in their own lives. And so it's nice to have something that you know you can delve into and be, like, safe. Because I've been listening to a lot of Jackie and Laurie show again. And I was like, ooh, it's not good for my mental health because they just talk about what's happening politically. And mm-hmm. they just talk about how much it sucks to be a woman in comedy mm-hmm. a lot of the time. So I'm like, mm-hmm. it does suck. It's also great, but it sucks a lot. Mm-hmm. Ooh. And it turns out it keeps sucking for a long time. Yeah. So. So you can you can at least delve into like some safe sweet goofs, some sweet sweet with McElroy non, non-threatening goofs. boys magazine sweet, cover boys. cover story. <laughs> Absolutely, anyway. I think in most industries outside of porn, it's pretty tough to be a woman. It's probably yeah. pretty hard to be a woman in porn too, though. Yeah, but that's like way. one of the few industries where women actually make more yeah, than the men. Totally. Yeah, um, yeah, a lot more value there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's it like in your industry? Yeah. <laughs> Um, I mean, actually, there's a, a fair amount of um, female-owned businesses and uh, just, you know, women-focused, like, gardens and things like that. There's there's a pretty decent spread of that in the cannabis industry. Um, I think that women are more empowered to do things. So not that being an edibles maker isn't a wonderful profession, but it, women are starting to sort of push for more um, other kinds. You know, there's not a lot of female processors, for example. Like, mm-hmm. pretty much every processor that I've worked with in Oregon and Washington, um, are they're mostly male, mm-hmm. the ones that run the different processing equipments and do different extractions. That's pretty much all male. Mm-hmm. Not very many ladies in that. 
I was going to ask how many different kinds, of, how many different ways can you extract concentrates? That There's you know a of? bunch. We're talking about weed, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah now okay. we're talking about weed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You did say the cannabis industry. I was just like, oh, right. Well, <laughs> gener- generally, you're looking at either a hydrocarbon extraction or a non hydrocarbon. So, hydrocarbon right. extraction is going to be where you're using a solvent to separate the like sort of essential compounds of the plant matter from the plant material. You just like shoot it through. Yeah. So, that's going to be like your BHO, butane, hash oil, uh, PHO, which is propane, uh, CO2, which is Obviously, we use a CO two extraction mm-hmm. method to the whole to make like the, oil. the like the butane thing just kind of weirds me out a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I sort of when I first got involved in sort of the weed scene and started dabbing, yeah, it's a little bit weird at first. But I mean, if it's extracted and purged mm-hmm. properly, I mean, it's it's less butane than right. if you were using a lighter to light your bowl. Um, there you go. Yeah. Thanks. You just put my mind completely at ease. Yeah. And I just, I worry about Katie's health sometimes. And it's, that's why I don't it's, want her to like have so weird nice. chemicals like right. in your body. Well, and just I think the good kind. it's definitely important <laughs> to acquire your product from sources that you trust. So mm-hmm. ideally it's going to be lab tested for, you know, residual PPMs of solvent. So mm-hmm. if it's purged properly, you should have very low PPM numbers of butane or propane or whatever the solvent that was used in the extraction process. Right on. Um, and then your non-hydrocarbon stuff is going to be like bubble hash, where you use ice and water to separate the plant resins from the material. So it's a mechanical separation. This is cool. a lot of shit. Nikki's cool. <laughs> a weed scientist, basically. Yeah, I just, I've been really, I started smoking weed probably 12 years ago now, which was later than I most said, of I my friends. I think it's 2001 that you yeah, said. Yeah, it was pretty started, late. So that's 16 I didn't start smoking ago. regularly until I was probably like 24. Okay. 24, yeah. Um, but yeah, and no, I just have just kind of become obsessed with it. I read High Times constantly, like before I moved up to the Northwest. Like, I mean, I was involved in a lot of activist stuff in Austin. Had friends who grew weed, you know, made hash, edibles, things like that, just like on the black market. You know. And then I moved up here and just kind of got involved in the scene and decided that I really wanted to. I did hair for a long time and I was really burnt out on that. So I decided that I wanted to take all of my encyclopedic knowledge of pot that I had acquired over the years and actually like make some money with it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. so I know I do like brand development and sales development for a couple of different vendors in the cannabis industry and I really like it. Yeah. I mean, I I went with her just to um, just like a recreational shop in, um, in Southeast Portland and it was gorgeous. Like you walk in and it's just like all the, there's fucking nugs that have like, they're clipped in an alligator clip on like a piece of reclaimed wood. Or some shit like that. You know what I mean? Like, it's just so snooty booty. There's very, uh, but I like, love it. interiors. Yeah. It was that, that, that place that we went was, mm-hmm. it was staffed by beautiful women, like 11s mm-hmm. out of 10 easily. Like, yeah. just gorgeous, gorgeous women who were very knowledgeable. And Nick just went up to them and was like, you know, I represent this company and then we have these edibles. And the lady was like, oh, I love those edibles. And she's like, yeah, well, you know, we have, uh, there's going to be these, these 15 milligram ones that are coming out soon. And that's for like the, the recreational industry. We have these for the medical industry. So I'm just like, oh, <laughs> just weed big. It's just talking. I'm like, this is what heaven is like for me. I'm sort of always working, like, which yeah. is cool in some ways and sometimes not so cool because, like, my social life and my work life are so, like, meshed together mm-hmm. now. Yeah. Especially because, like, I'm pretty active on social media and that's, like, sort of getting really involved with the Instagram and Tumblr stoner cultures is ultimately what helped me get my job that I have oh, now. Right. Just because I engaged with so many people that were already professionals in the industry and I was able to go to cups and conferences and events and just connect and network with a lot of people who are influential and really knowledgeable mm-hmm. about pot. And so I was able to parlay that network into getting the jobs that I have now. And I learned so pretty fast. So once I was able to get in with an actual job with a, a processing company working as a rep, I learned super quickly just like, 
all the state regulatory stuff and just like even more technical knowledge about all the different processes that you can get different kinds of products from. So cool. Yeah. I love learning on the job so much where it's just like, just let me in. I've got these soft skills that like you maybe won't be able to teach me, like your personal skills, Mm -hmm. like interpersonal stuff, right? To be able to be engaging and warm and like, especially as like a rep or doing any kind of sales, like to build those connections really quickly Immediately, as soon as, like, you came in the door, I was just like, oh, I like you, you're Uh, nice. Thanks. (laughs) And so, those are the soft skills that you can't teach, so then once you get into the industry, it's like, everything else I will just, you know, absorb and... Yeah. Yeah. That's great. I really, I kind of can't believe sometimes that, I mean, it took me until my late 30s, but I finally got a job where I get paid to talk about pot pretty much all day. I mean, I have to deal with really boring sales shit, just like any other job where you're pushing any sort of goods. Like, so that part of it is not always as fun. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, you know interacting vendor rep stuff with people that run the dispensaries is sometimes not always as fun as it could be, but Mm -hmm. most of the time I really like my job and, um, I'm really passionate about like consumer education because like so many people that are new to cannabis don't really understand, especially when it comes to edibles and concentrates and extracts, they don't really understand like what it all means. It can get technical really quickly. Like a bud tender starts talking to you about stuff and it's like, they get overwhelmed, especially for them. Terps. Yeah, like, do you, do you know what terps are? No, terps I don't know pieces? what terps are. So We're going to get into some glossary This has stuff. become a big keyword in the, the cannabis scene in the last few years, and it's just short for terpenes, and it's the same compounds like you would find in hops for beer, and so it's what gives cannabis its taste and aroma profile. Ah. So, like, for example, when you drink a really hoppy beer that has different notes, so so that comes from a similar kind of compound that would give weed sort of the taste and aroma. Right that, on. That she knows give. so much. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. and you're able to explain it in a way that doesn't make me feel like a dummy. It just makes me feel engaged Consumer about education. it. And that's what it's all about. Like, you really know, so, shit about this stuff. so a that's lot, you know, her. people are so focused on like the percentages of the of the product. So, oh, I, you know, I won't touch it unless it has you know seventeen percent THC or whatever. And that is important. But terpenes actually play a role in how the um, the product will affect you, so especially mm. when you're looking at like a, an extracted product, like hash oil for dabbing, or like the flower itself. The terpenes are going to make a big difference in how it affects you. So things that have, for example, like limonene is like the kind of terpene that makes things really like uh, citrusy and like lemony smelling. And so that's going to be found more in like usually the more uplifting kinds of varieties of cannabis. It's almost like aromatherapy kind of. It really is. Yeah. And you can actually extract and isolate those terpenes from the cannabis. And so there are people who are doing um, distillations of terpenes. And so they literally, it's just like the flavor oils from the cannabis. And so you can add those to other buds or you can put it on you know joints and things like that mm-hmm. you can add it to your dabs and it gives it different flavors and like profiles and it certainly makes you higher it, yes it can yeah for sure terps are really strong too They're, it's actually a natural kind of solvent you can mm-hmm. actually use limonene as a solvent just like you could butane or propane <laughs> there are people doing i did not know that mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. there's a type of extract called lho you hardly ever see it but that's a limonene that'd be very expensive oil. i would think yeah because lemonine would probably be hard like, to extract. Uh, pine salt, that's like a type of terpene. Like, that's a type of terpene that they extract. Like, that, that like, piney, mm-hmm. like, really strong. That's actually a natural solvent. Yeah. yeah. That's wild. I just like the idea of, like, I know that there's now so much different kind of weed that I can't even say. I feel like such yeah. a nerd. There's so many different kind of weeds. So that, then like... terpenes, like, being knowledgeable <laughs> about terpenes becomes even more, like, useful because mm-hmm. it can help you it's sort of narrow down why you like certain kinds of weed and, mm-hmm. and others not so much. That you don't like. like. Yeah. I have, like, a... I would love to come to some place that actually can do, like, a profile for me or something like that to be like, like what can you smoke that feels good? It doesn't really work for me. Mm-hmm. It just, like, it either makes me feel super fucked up or nothing at all. Yeah. 
And so I'm sure that there's, but it's like I only just smoke like what other people have, you know, and I've never investigated yeah. in my own life. A lot of it can be trial and error, mm-hmm. um, you know, but especially if you live in a place that has decent access where you can choose from different kinds. Like mm-hmm. Leafly is a really good resource for looking at strains. And they like and putting on comedy profile. shows too, apparently. They, so they put on a, a free one that just people could just go to. And nice. you just had to like, it was like almost like a timeshare. Like, hey, do you like weed and mm-hmm. comedy? I'm like, I fucking really do, actually. Both of those things. <laughs> yeah. The most you can like either of those things, I think. <laughs> yeah, those, you know, those those strains of indicas that just like like that, that phrase couch lock where it's just like literally you can't move like because you're so those. sleepy and heavy that's mercine is like responsible for that which is another type of terpene and that is what really makes sweet you mercy that makes me go to sleep so my you, mercy yeah so if you you know you get knowledgeable about what kinds of strains have a lot of mercine or limonene or you know these different kinds of terpenes like that, yeah, that you can, can be a total weed like, snob like. I love it because I'm such a wine snob and so like I love and yeah. coffee I was more of a coffee snob before but it's like I love getting into those <laughs> rabbit holes of like the different varietals and how does it yeah, like that's kind of like how I am about like, pot like mm-hmm. I'm super interested I mean there's a guy um, a friend of mine went to a conference in Portland recently and there was a guy there who has created like a weed sommelier program basically oh. very much like it's like a course similar to being a wine it's sommelier and he had a little workshop that he did where he would hit different samples out and he was teaching you about like when you smell this this nug where do you feel <laughs> like really you, where yeah. do you feel like sort of where do you like it makes your nose tingle usually when you like smell a fresh nug Mm-hmm. So you can actually f- sense those terpenes in different parts of your nasal cavity. Almost like taste buds, but smell yeah, buds. Yeah, so like when you smell, smell the nug, if you feel a little more of a lower kind of a tingling sensation, that's usually more of an indica. Whereas if you if it's like a higher tingly, burny feeling, that's more of a sativa. Everything dominant. is science. Mm-hmm. Well, it's pretty, all science. Yeah, so I thought that was really interesting. Science. I was like, I want to take that class. How much is it? $400? Well, maybe later. <laughs> it should be $420, let's be honest with ourselves here. <laughs> Um, but I think that's so cool because I do think that there's still like so much to learn and discover about the plant I mean we've only identified like somewhere between 100 to 150 of the compounds that are found in the plant and there's possibly over a thousand and they uh, like our brains are wired to take weed in and, mm-hmm. and work with it. Like um, there are natural cannabinoids that are released when you do hard exercise. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a lot of people that argue that if you consume pot before you exercise, as long as it's not like impeding your ability to do it, like mm-hmm. if you're not like I'm so high, yeah, I can't lift right. this weight. Yeah, you don't want to be incapacitated. Um, but that 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 increases like a runner's high basically because a runner's high is essentially like natural cannabinoids. Mm-hmm. See, I thought they like they were endorphins, which were more as part of opioid. it. Like there's there's a whole pro file of chemicals that are released in your body and one of them is cannabinoids and there are natural opiates too but that's why those things are so like that's why people get into patterns and habits of those things and become you know like addicted to running or working out or whatever because it's like it gives them rewards and there are types of sickness that are directly related to cannab natural endocannabinoid deficiencies in the human body and so like actually like taking in cannabis from outside sources is actually very beneficial for that it's like, medical mm-hmm. well medical. yeah it so like i've seen so many people get over some really harsh stuff with yeah. marijuana, like right. just working in the downtown east side, like getting over really serious addictions and trauma and stuff to like move to medical marijuana mm-hmm. instead of mm-hmm. something harsher. There yeah. are a lot of people that have moved off of opiate addiction for mm-hmm. sure. Meth, like all different kinds of you know, physically addictive substances by using cannabis. Yeah. And, and, you know, you could argue that is it healthy to replace one addiction with another? Well, maybe not. But if you're just looking from a harm reduction standpoint, like one isn't that better than being on methadone from. for the rest of your life? No, like it's so dealing bad with for the methadone treatment system yeah. is such a nightmare. Was, yeah, weed doesn't really do it much no. negative to your body. Like no. you might gain weight. Right. Vice had a really good segment about a retreat like in somewhere, I think it's in Pennsylvania 
Pennsylvania where they do exactly that, where mm-hmm. it's like a like a hardcore like five or six day detox, and then like you stay in this cabin. They help you work through your detox sicknesses, and they keep you medicated with dabs or you know vaporizing mm-hmm. or you know just like they keep you as like RSO. They use a lot of RSO. In the I treatment. love RSO. Big cycles of RSO to help you get through the sickness of the withdrawals. RSO is the uh, it's the like another word for it's the type of extraction for the um, Phoenix tears that I use for mm-hmm. sleep and for pain, uh, which are so effective. Like it's so. And that's an isopropyl alcohol extraction. Okay. So it makes this really dark, like thick, it's sticky. Oily. It's very, yeah, it's very, it's like greasy and it will stick to your teeth, which is why I put it on, by your recommendation, I put it on Starburst because like the waxiness of the Starburst keeps it off your teeth enamel. Mm-hmm. It like just sticks to that and then you mm-hmm. swallow it and like some of it, it gets in through your um, salivary mm-hmm. area and then some of it like in your body. And so it starts pretty quickly, like within about 40 minutes. Mm-hmm. And it's the best thing that's helped me sleep. Like, honestly, it is the thing that if I need to sleep and I'm not sleeping, uh, if I have like one, like one tenth of the, like, uh, cause it comes in like this little, um, non injection, um, like syringe yeah. and like one tenth of it is enough to put me to sleep really well for nine hours. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's a beautiful experience. Mm. And it's fully activated, which makes a big difference. Um, So you want those cannabinoids activated so you can get the full benefit. But it is is very sedative, too. So it's not for taking if you want to go do things. It's for real serious pain and, like, insomnia Mm -hmm. problems. And activated versus non-activated. Yeah, because, like, so cannabis in its raw form, like, that's why, like, if you just ate a piece of weed, it doesn't Mm -hmm. do anything. Because that's THCA, which is, like, in raw form, it's not as readily absorbed by your cannabinoid receptors. Okay. So you have to, through the process of decarbonate, decarboxylation I always mess up that word be either by you know burning it by smoking it or vaporizing it or like heating it in the oven so if you grind up pot and you heat it gently in the oven at like 200 degrees that converts that raw THCA to THC so that you can use it in an edible then and it's fully activated mm-hmm. so you can't just like throw a handful of pot in with your brownies and expect it to because really I remember like when back when I was making like weird edibles it's like <laughs> the weird shake that my friend's weird neighbor gave <laughs> there's a lot of layers of weird in that it was a, it was a scene sketchy I had a trash bag full of shake and we like tried to sell it like in Kelowna and stuff like that. <laughs> it was like really bad. But we made like terrible edibles with it. But it's like I had I learned like you have to put it in butter because that will help like because it's fat soluble. It has to be oil or alcohol. Yep. Right. But and really then decarbing it first makes a huge difference before you even put it because like just cooking it in the butter is not enough. Like you need to gently heat it first um, and then mix it into your butter. Oh, good to know. Yeah. Yeah. Very good and to know. what about, like, would you do that before you put it into alcohol as well? Yes, yeah. ideally. Because mm-hmm. my friend... Uh, it just ensures, like, full conversion of that THCA mm-hmm. so that it can be fully usable. This is very interesting. Yeah, she yeah. used to put, like, lots of weed into a jar of brandy and then, like, boil that mm-hmm. and then just, like, let it sit for a couple of weeks and then put the brandy into sangria and we had sangria yeah. and it was... If you're doing, like, was a, a, It was a disaster. If you're thinking you're doing, like, Rick Simpson oil or something like that, than that you're doing a chemical extraction by mm-hmm. soaking it in iso alcohol um, so you don't necessarily do need to decarb it before that but if you're doing like um, like a fat soluble kind of a thing mm-hmm. like a butter making coconut oil or butter you would want to decarb it first okay mm-hmm. very interesting why don't you I know what it is but why don't you tell us about dabbing oh so, I also had a question just oh, before sorry for sure on yeah. your you said something about there are certain illnesses that are related to having a lack of cannabinoids? Yes, and there I forget the exact of name okay. of them, but it is an autoimmune. There's like two autoimmune disorders that are directly related to a um, deficiency of endocannabinoids. Yeah, I'd be so curious about that because there are so many. Maybe. There are so many interesting, like, there are illnesses. I know people with things. lupus find a lot of relief. Yeah, yeah. and like, 
a lot of sort of autoimmune and like allergy related stuff that are going up versus, you know, environmental blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And like reintroducing like parasites into people's systems or other kinds of like more sort of rebuilding your gut flora is a huge thing. Mm -hmm. And then to also have like a link to that kind of cannabinoid. Yeah. It's really part of holistic medicine, I Mm -hmm. think. And if we don't consider um, cannabis as a, as a legitimate medicine, we're really throwing ourselves under the bus Mm -hmm. for sure. Because there's, it's, it's so good in terms of like, being able to help people sleep and being able to help people like just sort of get through the day. Like those two things are so important. And I don't think anybody who's ever, nobody who has never struggled with that understands what that's like, mm-hmm. you know, the, the ability to get up and go do a thing, um, take is taken for granted by, I think a lot of people who just think that they've got, you know, I've got cojones, I go out and I do my thing and that's what's important. And everybody mm-hmm. else can do that if they put their minds to it. It's like, well, no, cause not everybody's coming from the same place. Right. Yeah. So I think that, like, for, for me, particularly as a person who's used cannabis for a long time, re- recreationally and medically, um, for me, it helps me, it really just helps me sleep. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it just, like, pulls that sort of, it takes the hamster wheel sort of, like, off its little pinion uh, and just, like, lets me relax a little mm-hmm. bit because it, it just makes me feel like, okay, I don't actually have to do all the things. Yeah. It, it, it calms the, the spiral in a big way. And I, I think that that's something that I've always looked for in my life. And so I've always come back to weed. Um, it was something that I wasn't allowed to do in a relationship that I had, which was embarrassing. Like when I look back on it, but the relationship I was in between 16 and 19, my partner was very anti-drug, but very pro alcohol. Um, and I don't really understand it, but I remember I smoked pot once during that three, three year relationship and he freaked out. That made you gay, right? Immediately. I turned a hundred percent gay because of that. (laughs) Smoked pot one time and I'm gay now. It made me gay and now I'm gay. And so that's it. We're done. Um, but yeah, basically, but I, I I mean, I look back at one thing I'm thinking of, like, I really want to know what everybody's first pot experience was. Mm, I think that would be an interesting one. Cause my... You're like, ugh. Oh, no, I've had some fine... I'm just thinking, like, the first time I ever smoked it was, I don't think I want my parents to know this, but I might just let them know that uh, I had a babysitter give it to me when I was 10 or 11. (laughs) And they'll know exactly who it is. I will not say who it was, but I know that... uh, that, that it will be immediately obvious who it was, but that was the <laughs> oh, first time I tried it. And then young. I tried it again when I was 13. That was the first time I ever got actually high. Mm-hmm. And I remember like the first time I was ever really super duper mega ultra high was, uh, I was hanging out with Bex mm-hmm. at their place, uh, in sort of like near Sunbury park in North Delta and sitting in an armchair and their mom got home from her job and her mom had, uh, her mom sadly has passed away since then, but, uh, had multiple sclerosis and was working at the mall and like rolled up, rolled up her fucking, um, ramp into the house and was like, what's, what's going on with everybody? And I'm like sitting in an armchair and I feel like I'm keening to the left. Like I'm flying over the world and I'm just like, I'm like, we're fine. We're good. Everything's <laughs> great. But I just remember like, so like it, it was exactly like being at Epcot center in Florida where you fly over Canada. There's like a Canada flyover <laughs> thing that was made in the late sixties, early seventies. That's so old school. That's exactly what being high that time felt like. The first time I was ever truly high was soaring in an armchair over like the Canadian Savannah, which we don't have, by the way, <laughs> we have prairie. <laughs> So that's what I really remember from the first time being like super, super high. And then that time that I got high while I was with that boyfriend, it was with Jasta Mm -hmm. and her friend. And we were in a car getting stoned in a Denny's parking lot. And I sat down in the booth at Denny's and I said, I will have the sampler, please. Thank you. And the second the server went away, I I turned to my friends and I said, my legs feel like cotton tree trunks. And that's become a thing that gets said quite frequently these days is uh, my legs feel like cotton tree trunks. Which is exactly what it feels like when you get really high for, like, the first time in a long time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hmm. 
So what was your first time getting stoned, Nikki? <laughs> um, I was 19. I was a lot older than most people, I think. Um, and I was at a party at my friend's lake house, which is a glorified way of describing a trailer in the middle of the woods, um, <laughs> in Gun Barrel City, Texas. <laughs> It's a real place. We fucking off. That's hilarious. I say unto you. And someone built a bog out of like an Ozarka water bottle, you know, with like foil and like cut up a hole in the side, you know, and they (laughs) just like handed it to me. Yep. And it was just like shitty Mexican brickweed, which is like pretty much all you could get in Texas back then, really. This was like 1999. (laughs) A long time ago. Um, and I just remember I was already kind of drunk when, when I smoked the weeds, so I got super sick, which, I mean, duh, of course, and I don't remember liking it very much. I don't think I really actually enjoyed smoking pot until I tried it again when I was, like, 21. I didn't touch it again for a long time, but then I was, like, somebody actually got me, like, good weed. Like, mm. it was White Widow, I remember, um, and, like, I smoked some of it when I went home, and Kaz, my ex-boyfriend at the time, was very anti-weed, and so <laughs> to like hide it from him and I remember I was at school one day and he like called me he was like I found your stash and I was like what, I are, you, found what are you talking stash. about your weed stash and I just started laughing I literally was buying it for one of my teachers that I was going to school with at the time and <laughs> that's I, so funny dude it was just it was a different time back then this yeah. was a different time and then you know eventually he later on ended up becoming just as much of a stoner as me so <laughs> oh naturally what choice do you have really but he was very judgy about it at the beginning oh, what yeah. a dick yeah what about you? That's funny. Um, I was probably, like, 18, and, like, I had already graduated high school. Like, I grew up on the Sunshine Coast, and there was always this, like, everyone grows weed, and it's, like, a hippie place or whatever. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, I had the sort of D.A.R.E. program shit kind of drilled in, and I was very straight edge all through high school mm-hmm. and was always, like, the designated driver, taking care of people, whatever. And there was a few, a few like, really brilliant people in my high school that smoked a lot of pot. And I was just like, they're so brilliant. They say such brilliant things. And then they're, like, so burned out most of the time. And, like, what burnouts? What skids? Like, that kind of thing. So I'm like, it's not for me because I'm brilliant. Those are the exact reasons that my ex gave for not mm -hmm, wanting to smoke pot. Right? Which I didn't really realize, like, Like Everybody I know that smokes pot is a total burnout. Well, that's their choice. Mm -hmm, (laughs) mm -hmm. So I tried it, like, behind a building at university or whatever with a few friends. And, like... Yeah, just remember, like, it's never really done a lot for me, and usually when I smoke weed, I'm also drinking, and so then it doesn't work very well, Mm -hmm. Right. and so I'm not a huge fan. The first time I got, like, really fucked up high was, again, the, like, weird friend with the weird neighbor with the bags of shake, and they made this cake that was supposed to be a lemon cake, but it was green, and I ate, like, a little bit of it and was just, like... Yeah, what you're saying about, like, being, like, couch-bound or whatever. But it was scary, and we all felt, like, so sick and so, like... that's not good. We were at a party, and I was stuck there. And I was just, like, I never want to, like, not be able to, like, have all my faculties. Like, it just doesn't... I've definitely been in those situations where I've just been sitting there, like, so high that I'm, like, I don't even want to say anything because I'm afraid I'll embarrass myself. Mm -hmm. Oh, no. Quiet. Yeah, it gives me, like, a little (laughs) bit of anxiety. Like, not as much as my partner apparently makes him, like, feel like he's going to have a heart attack. Yeah, some people have that terrible Loves the smell of it, Loves the smell of it. Yeah. And, uh, so, like, but I've, whenever I smoke it, I feel like I can either, like, I smoke so much of it and nothing happens, you know, or I smoke a little bit if I'm, like, having some wine or whatever, and then, yeah, it totally goes south. This reminds me of that episode of Broad City, where Abby gets, like, too stoned Mm -hmm. and is, like, yelling at the cardboard cutout at the the coffee store. I'm not a mom! I'm not a mom. Yeah. I'm but, such an Abby. But, like, I definitely, like, would smoke weed at parties kind of thing. But I was yeah. always just, like, I never bought my own. Right. It was only just if anyone else had mm-hmm. any. 
you know, so that was, that's my journey with that. It's like only a few times did I, did I ever buy my own weed and it was like off of a friend or something like that. I wish that. I had a tab of all of the money that I've spent on weed yeah. over the years, don't both in know. the black market and in the legal oh You don't God. even so want to know much. that, right? Yeah. Like, it would be a lot. You know, in, in the state of Oregon, they actually allow you to write off your medical marijuana purchases on your state taxes. Like, oh you, my can, God. you can deduct them as a medical expense Great. on That's your Oregon so state taxes. If it's medicine, yeah. then it should mm-hmm. be. Some of the dispensaries will just, like, print you, like, a thing of, like, all your transactions from the year, and that's kind of fun to be I like, could probably shit, figure out how much, much I've spent uh, if I think about this really carefully. So if yeah. I go, let's see. Uh, I'm just thinking about this right now. Um... You guys keep talking. I'm going to calculate. I'm going to calculate. Like, yeah, I was way more into, like, psychedelics and stuff than right on. ever. I do like mushrooms every now and then. Those are very mind-expanding. Mm-hmm. Don't really care for acid very much. Yeah. Too much. But, like, yeah. So, like, now talking about all of this, I'm like, oh, I should, like, experiment a little bit more with, like, finding the the, the right weed for me, you know? Like, what is, what, good, what is the right weed what is for it you? Good fa- and what do I even want to use it for? Like, that's my thing, right? Where it's like, I have no, like, I sleep really mm-hmm. well. Are you familiar with CBDs? Like, have you heard a little bit yes. about the CBD stuff and, like, what yeah. you know what they are? And, Not like... super well. I've heard about it, yeah. but... So it's just, you know, uh, so yeah, there's all these cannabinoid compounds within mm-hmm. the plant, right? Of which THCA, THC, like, uh, CBN is another one. So CBD is the one that's, like, hoop super hot and you hear people talking about yeah. it a lot now. And that's one of the non-psychoactive active compounds um, in the plant. And it's um, just like the body feel kind it's, of thing, Yeah, that's or? the one that gives you more of the body effects. Yeah, so it's really good for like pain, spastic disorder, mm-hmm. sleep. Um, so you can get strains that are incredibly low in THC but very high in CBD. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are like the ones that they'll use for the kids that have epilepsy where they'll make tinctures and things like that okay. for them to medicate the kids with. So they don't get high but it has a, a really great effect on whatever their epileptic disorder or seizure disorder is. Um, so I have friends that are super sensitive to the effects of THC in mm-hmm. terms of the anxiety and the paranoia Mm -hmm. um but if they consume something that's you know no more than maybe three percent thc but very high in cbd they get all the good effects that they want in terms of the anti-anxiety and the calming and the Mm -hmm. sleep but without all of the paranoia and the edginess like that you can get from the thc all very interesting yeah Yeah. i would you probably benefit from something that was like 10 percent thc and then more cbd because then you'd still be like a little bit like because I like weed for, like, let's just be chill and giggly and Yeah, yeah fun, so, like, just a little bit would be feel, great. Yeah. I would actually even um, go lower would... THC than that, to be honest yeah? with you. Yeah, just I would go for something that's, like, 15% or more CBD and something that's no more than 5 to 8 THC. I'll keep my eyes peeled so, to see if that, and yeah, we could like, just do experiments. I mean, the strains are a little different up here in BC, but, like, uh, oh, like, a Sour Tsunami is one of the really good ones. <laughs> they have great like, names. Weed names yeah. are so funny. They're yeah. so funny. Sour Tsunami. <laughs> this, this beautiful Critical medicinal mass. experience yeah. that, like, it's really important to, like, treat it as, like, medicine and it's sacred. Oh, like, it's, Sour Tsunami. Sour, purple power thunderfuck or something. Yeah, Alaskan thunderfuck is, like, one of my favorite strain names of all well, time. And you know what a really good one is that's very local to here and it's hard to get anywhere but in BC is to say to Time Warp. Have you had it Whoa, before? no, I haven't. I'll see if I can get some for you next time and, like, even just preserve it till That's the next awesome. time you're here because I think you would really like it. It's I'm great. It's, it. I love it's like regional a, it's, strains. It's a, it's, a t- it's a very, like, sativa-y one, but it's, like, it's quite strong. Um, it. It's really it. good. It's good for hippies. Um, so I calculated how much I've spent, uh, and it's between... $15,000 and $19,000. Over the course of how long? Over the course of probably 12 years. I want to say, because I started smoking pot seriously once I was 19 and I'm almost yeah. 32. Mm-hmm. So that's nine years. So I'm, I'm really looking at like a 12 year span here of where I've, the last few years I've spent quite a bit. And, the, and prior to that, I was spending maybe 50 to $75 a month, yeah. uh, where now it's more like 200 probably. So I should probably cut back to a hundred, but yeah. I do really like pot a lot. 
That's one of the best <laughs> things about like my gigs now is that I get a lot of like free products. So I, I gotta have to get spend I gotta really get in on that money. somehow. Like it's I gotta trade nice. trade skills for things. Like, I gotta make mm-hmm. make a fucking dinner for people who sell pot yeah. and like work that out somehow. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, I'm fortunate to work for a processing company that hooks me up. But like whenever I go to visit you, uh, I find like a I can buy recreational cannabis there which is great mm-hmm. and like there's always gear at your place to do dabs and stuff oh you we were going to talk about dabs yeah i, I forgot gonna, to talk yeah, about dabs. i was going to ask you once you finished your sentence i was going to say yeah, um, yeah let's talk about dabs. so dabbing it's, yeah, it's what all the kids are into now um so it's just a way of vaporizing um cannabis extracts basically so it comes just basically because like, you only need a dab that's like sort of the idea it's know? like it's in some kind of like an oil or like a yes. solution of some kind yeah so. so usually people are dabbing what's called either shatter or crumble those are just different textures i've heard about wax. shatter yeah. yeah so that's just where it looks like glassy amber like very stable kind of hard glassy kind of substance, right and then sometimes it's like kind of like crumbly sugary waxy looking um so you just you have like a little bong usually they're smaller than like a bong you would use for flour um and it's got an attachment on it called a nail and it's usually made of quartz or titanium most people like quartz now myself included it's just clean and tasting and you just heat that up with a little torch and then you <laughs> wait until it's the appropriate temperature and then you put your little bit of extract in there and then you inhale it through the bong <laughs> and so rather than like lighting a bowl of flour like you would for a regular weed you're mm-hmm. just dabbing it on a hot nail so i don't know if you ever like seen anybody do knifing? knife hits yeah. back in the day yeah it's yeah. like a very that nice grown-up scientific yeah. way to do knife hits really <laughs> yeah and I, it's they taste like you would get a real f- the terps would you be really flavorful flavor. like you would mm-hmm. taste the flavor of it without the smoke that's yeah. nice because it's like vapor like you will still cough because it's a lot going in all at once like yeah. it's like it's like a high dose mm-hmm. all in one and then you get very high i love yeah. it um for me because it, it is very like um it still keeps my sort of consciousness just slightly on top of me being high because i like i'm very high but i'm also just kind of like i could still answer any number of mm-hmm. questions that someone has for me because it's like when i smoke a lot of flour i feel oily and sticky yeah. like i get stuck to the i get couch bound couch mm-hmm. couch stuck and um, when I'm um, taking dabs and stuff, I, f- I still feel much more energetic, I yeah. find. But mm. I'm higher, even. Like, I'm it just is a more functional high. To me, yeah. personally, that's yeah. not true of everyone. But I like but, that, yeah. like, the smoke of it is what really is, like, it fucks my throat up all the time. Like, yeah. it's just not... Yeah, and especially when you get to a point like I did, and I think you did, too, where you're just, like, smoking bowl after bowl, or, you know, I could smoke an entire joint on my own and Easily. not really be all that high. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the point where it's good to consider maybe moving over into... And not everybody wants to dab with a rig and have that whole setup like they have the little pins and things that you can get mm-hmm. that make it easy for you to inhale concentrates as well so because yep. you know, not everybody you know, people a lot of people who um, buy extracts are most of them are actually not using a dabbing setup people are just a little freaked out by the blowtorch thing right yeah. so they're a little like eh, i don't really know about that but pins are really easy most people really like pins because they're mm-hmm. clean they're convenient it's like you don't have to there's no heating anything up. It's you just, just push a button. Sort of like a, it's a, like a vape pen kind of. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like that. exactly. So it's cool. Like you get, you can do any number of future futuristic scientific things. You don't just have to be like yep. smoking out of a Sprite can behind the, <laughs> behind the bike yes. racks at school. Right. Yes. Like it's gotten a little bit fancier. And I mean, and the labs are really pretty incredible. Like how high tech they are. Like mm-hmm. one of the companies that I work for has a, a very impressive, like probably, I mean, I'd say it's probably at least $800,000 of equipment in there. It's, I mean, and they have to be inspected by fire marshals and chemical engineers. And I mean, they have to really jump through a lot of hoops mm-hmm. to have like a professional state licensed operator. And yeah. Um, oh, yeah. it's, it's really impressive just like all the equipment. I mean, it's like some of it's kind of some Breaking Bad looking kind of shit. Because like, there's like rotovapping machines, which is like this big glass, you know, like Bunsen things spinning in like a solution yes. of, you know, to cool it. And oh, like they're like science. separating different chemicals. Weird and, science. Yeah, weed science. Weed science. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, Bones and yeah. dabs and something good. <laughs> you guys are totally like peer pressuring me through science to try weed. <laughs> no, don't try weed. It's not or for do everyone. If you want to. I'm totally one of the. I mean, some people who are super into weed like just cannot even like imagine the fact that like for some people weed is no good, and mm-hmm. I think that that's that's silly. Like because it's like not everything is going to be for all people. Like some people like one of my best friends back in the south. Like if he smokes weed, he will like projectile vomit. It mm-hmm. makes him super sick, and he's been like that since high school. It's just something about his body chemistry mm-hmm. he will shovel cocaine up his nose all night long but do not get anywhere near him with pot because he will get super sick interesting yeah yeah it's i'm just, pretty sure it's if just you like, shovel cocaine up yeah. my nose i'll just die right well and then so, <laughs> certain people who have like schizophrenia or certain other kinds yeah. of mental disorders um, as i'm pot. sure you're well aware of mm-hmm. they probably shouldn't smoke pot it can be really mm-hmm. you know not it can be counterproductive for whatever their mental illness is yeah. especially if they have certain kind of medications i mean oh, it's just sure. always good for people to be really honest with their health practitioners if they have those kinds <laughs> of issues going on be honest with your doctor that's what yeah, they're yeah. there for don't lie to them they can't throw you in jail like even if you're in a place where weed is illegal like be honest with your doctor so they can take a care of you cool as fuck doctor who i talked to about this and she's like do you do any drugs other than alcohol and i was like hell yeah or 20 for life (laughs) well i think i said hell yeah she's like and she's like uh hell yeah I was like, I use cannabis for sleep Fuck and yeah, for bro. recreation. She's like, okay, well, like, how much do you smoke? And I was like, probably, like, about a half ounce to a three quarters of an ounce a month. And she's like, so, like, an average amount for a, a pot smoker. I was like, I like you. <laughs> she's like, so what I want you to do is not, is to, to avoid smoking it, like, vape it and eat it. That's fine, but don't smoke it. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you're a cool doctor. <laughs> you're a very cool doctor. She didn't prescribe it to me or anything, but she's mm-hmm. like, if you want to keep doing that and it's working for you, go ahead and keep doing mm-hmm. it. Um, just like, don't smoke it. Cause we don't know like how bad that is for your lungs basically. Yeah. So I was like, great, cool. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. a medical doctor, everybody. Right. So everyone's allowed to smoke pot now. I found out yeah. it's cool. She says it's cool guys. Yeah. She says I, it's cool. I lucked out with my doc too. Um, she used to work for a VA hospital in the South. And so she had a lot of, um, patients PTSD. that were PTSD sufferers, yeah. even though in the state that she worked in, they had no medical access, but she definitely had patients who were using cannabis to like self-treat some of their symptoms. Amazing. And, also, she said she told me her brother used to grow pot, so she's just like, whatever about it. You know? Fuck, yeah. She doesn't care, really. She's like, I mean, I would rather you not burn it, but like, I trust you to make good decisions for yourself. It's a good-ass doctor, guys. Yeah. That's really Harm nice. reduction's yeah. important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So let us let us look to the thesis of things mm-hmm. for the day. Mm-hmm. You know, we've decided things are kind of fucked up, yeah. right? Things are a little bit fucked up. So just up. smoke weed every day. So just smoke that's weed every what, day. That's not what you They're going to take my weed away from me from my cold, dead hands, I swear. Like, <laughs> just, I, you know, I don't care if they make it illegal tomorrow. Like, me and my friends are, I'll go, I'll go back underground Your name again. is Cannabiston like, Heston? <laughs> I will double to, I'll just keep doing what I do, you know? Like... So we have to just keep working, is yeah. basically what it comes down to, is that we yeah. need to keep taking care of each other. Mm-hmm. Yes. Keep looking to the future and yeah. how we can love our fellow human beings. Right. Look after uh, your neighbors. How can we get rid of more Nazis? Yes. Preferably in the least violent way possible, but we're willing to consider it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, take care of yourself, if that, especially if that includes cannabis as right. part of your self-care routine. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, make sure that you're checking in with doctors who know how to uh, help you with that. Mm-hmm. Dr. Nugs. Definitely. For example. Yes. <laughs> Go see Dr. Nugs in the back of yeah. a school bus. <laughs> He'll give you a weed card and you'll be good to go. <laughs> Apologies to Ron Funches. Well, guys, that was, delightful. Yeah, that that was, was a really great. good time. I, I feel like I got some stuff off my shoulders. Me too. Good. Mm-hmm. Brush the That's dirt good. off. Thanks mm-hmm. for having me on, guys. That was Let's fun. Let's go smoke some weed. Yes. All right. Yes. Woo! Yes. I probably won't. Okay, bye. <laughs>